1: Bill's
2: podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer Chris Krueger. And in studio with us for our seventh annual festivist celebration and our Patriots preview, Mr. Joe Miller. Bill season ticket holder Joe Miller. Hell yeah! There we go! Bill season ticket holder Joe Miller. Now, for those of you who live under a rock, worship leader here in the Buffalo area? Yeah. Musician? Yeah. 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 Uh, Buffalo Rumblings podcast hosts on steroids. Yeah. Uh, the Overreaction podcast, Off Tackle with John Fina, Time to Shine, The Hunt Day Hotline.
3: You got them all. That wh- was impressive. Wh- when do you act like what? What else do you do? Uh, I also own a company, uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, I own an e-commerce company that uh, sells uh, auto, industrial automo- automation supplies, electrical automation supplies, called supply dot com. So if there's anybody out there in the world that needs electrical boxes like NEMA rated enclosures, I sell those online, and that company is growing out of control, like to the point where I don't know. I, I, we're, we're getting ready to hire our first employee because we can't enhan- we can't handle it, the phone calls and the orders anymore. So when do you sleep? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I can, the question. On the nights that I don't have a podcast or a show, I'm usually in bed around 9 45, and I'm up about 5:30 in the morning every day. So yeah.
2: That sounds that <clears> sounds <throat> about right. Yeah. You are you're a brave man. Like no, I say this preemptively, you know, as we talk about, you know, we were joking about it off air before we started recording, but you not only run multiple shows, you not only love this thing of podcasting, yeah, which yeah. Chris, I think is hilarious that his uncle Mm-hmm. For those of you who have been longtime Rock Pile Report listeners, our the thing that we initially just threw up as our Twitter avatar because we didn't know what else to use is a book that sits on my coffee table called Rock and the Rock Pile, which mm-hmm. was written by Joe's uncle.
3: Jeff. The, Jeffrey. Sorry. Sorry, Jeff. Uncle yeah, was going to say Jeffrey.
2: <laughs> and it's an incredible read. Yeah. Just to hear about some of the stories from the older players mm-hmm. from the days when the Bills were founded. Yeah. Like, I had that. And then I'm like, well, I don't know. I have this book. We should just throw it up there. And then you reached out to us. You're like, that's my uncle.
3: It was immediately. It was immediately. I was like, that's my uncle's book. Like, And you're like, <laughs> that guy's your uncle. And I'm like, that's my uncle. And that was long before I had ever even considered ever podcasting. It was, that was like literally when you guys first started, right? Yeah. yeah so it was years and Yeah, years. 2015. Yeah, years ago. And yeah. I was still in Ohio at the time. Yeah, years, years ago. I'm
2: telling you. And that's how long we've been doing Festivus, if uh, you can believe that. That's so awesome. we're all here. It's going to be a great show tonight. You're missing the best part of.
1: Joe being here uh, which is your jean game is on point
2: oh god I hate both of you okay let, let's let's, let's, let's rip ripped,
3: ripped skinny jeans for the win
2: rip skinny jeans this guy has a blonde mohawk
3: I, I, I'm i a man on an island in here yeah I'm wearing black all black people it's funny because people talk I mean, even my t-shirt's black right? <laughs> My underwear's black. My socks are black. My boots are black. Yeah, I wear a lot of black. Look uh, at you. Yeah.
2: Fashionista.
3: No, I think I get dressed in the dark. I think it just solves the problem. Of <laughs> it's,
2: just too, it's too early. You don't want to turn the
3: So when I'm packing for the gym at 530 in the morning, like I'm throwing stuff in my bag. Like every, If everything's black, I'm good to go.
2: We always joke around about how when we first started the show, I wanted to take calls. And Chris said, dude, do you know yourself? You don't have the personality for that. So it's funny to me that you do. Yeah. yeah. And, and I felt like... Like that's why you're the perfect person for these kind of conversations. Sure. what What is it like letting other people just vent their frustrations at you about a thing that you might also be frustrated about?
3: Uh, I mean, you have to navigate it, right? So, I mean, there's a, there's an aspect of uh, carrying the conversation. It's harder when people freeze. So, if, if somebody gets on there and they're a little bit in, not intimidated but nervous, we've all called into WGR fifty five at some point in our life and been like, "And like, you're on the air," and it's like. <gasps> Right so so some people sometimes get that it's it's just more about navigating them through their emotions and you can agree or disagree I just try to make a conversation out he- of it
2: he used to record me calling into WGR and then play it back for me later. There was a lot of times where I made some really salient points, but there was a couple times, one of which uh, I called in and told Bulldog about. There was a post game, the Carlos Williams game, where he went wild over oh, Miami. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I waited on hold for almost an hour because I thought I had a point to make about how he was going to replace Lashawn uh, Lashawn McCoy. Because that was their whole thing leading up to that week was, well, I don't know what the game plan is after him. Right. And I was like, oh, you guys are dumb because you don't know. And what came out of my mouth was just drunken stream of consciousness. (laughs) I yelled and yelled and yelled. And then I hung up the phone. And I think in that moment, I thought I won. (laughs) And listen, I have
1: most, if not all. It. I have most, if not all, of your calls to WGR and listening
2: that, back that, to that. That's a highlight show. Yeah, no. and <laughs> listening back to that call, we should play them when we get to our four hundredth episode. So, you should let, let's earmark that. But so the funniest part about that conversation was afterwards. After I just got done. I don't even know if half of what I said didn't make sense. Yeah. No, but because I was rambling. Right. Like you said, it's just, it's all off the top of your head because you thought you had a point and you thought you were prepared. And then when the spotlight got on you, you just, you, you froze right. and then bolted. Right. And there was a moment of silence, and Mike up just goes, Welp. <laughs> that happened? That's a thing. And Bulldog laughed so hard he cried, and then they just moved on with their lives. That's funny. I was like, well, I'm an idiot. I'm not prepared for this. That's funny. I, I need some work before you can put me behind a, behind a microphone.
3: You're, you'd be better now. So the, the coolest thing on the show, The Time to Shine specifically, is the show that I take calls. Uh, we had a young guy by the name of PJ that actually called in. And I've had a couple kids since then, but this was the first kid. And I was like, and he's only like eight or nine years old, super little. And he was totally prepared. Notes, everything. like had great takes and points, and I got to like have a really cool conversation with him him just on what the Bills need to do to win. And I don't remember exactly which game it was. It was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Uh, but I'd asked him if he'd ever been to a Bills game. He said, I'd only been to a preseason game, never to a regular season game. So after it was over, his mom reached out to me, and we actually hooked him up to go to this, the Carolina Panthers game. So the Market Dominator, who sponsors my show, which you guys have met, John.
0: Oh, he's uh, great.
3: Yeah, John gave them uh, his tickets for the Carolina Panthers game. So I got to put it on Twitter today that they were at the game uh, yet, uh, Sunday, yesterday, right? That's awesome. Or no, it's Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So on Sunday, they went to the game. So, yeah, he was he was super, like, and he wore his Gabe Davis jersey. So that was really cool, too, oh. that he, uh, he picked the right jersey for the right day.
2: So That's amazing. Yeah. I'll tell you what.
3: I, I've met him. He's great. Throw him a plug. Oh, John Spascheck. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the plug goes, John Spaszczyk, he's so his team is called the Market Dominator Team. And John is a real estate agent with Keller Williams Realty, which I say this all the time on my show, which Keller Williams is the largest real estate brokerage in the world, which to me was a surprise because I was thinking Century 21, right, one of those ones. Uh, but John's team is just they're just very good at what they do when you consider that we've all been in the home buying experience, right? And when I talk to Bruce Nolan about this, he's like, yeah, when the ball's in the other court is when it gets frustrating. Because like, you're waiting on the buyer or the seller like to do whatever they're supposed to be doing, and it could drag on for weeks. Well, John doesn't let that happen. Like John is like on it all the time, and he's driving people. In this uh, market, that's huge. Yes. Other real estate agents don't like John much is what <laughs> I'm told because he basically is on them like – that's wide the guy right. I want. Yeah, white and right. That's the guy you want. Chris, that's, Chris. That, when you're <clears throat> when
2: you're hiring a defense attorney, you want the guy that everybody
3: thinks is a scumbag, right? That's the guy. Well, he's not a scumbag. No, but no, that, no. <laughs> but you want, the, you want the
2: lawyer that prosecutors look at and they go, oh, that guy sucks. Why?
3: Yeah. Because he frustrates them. Correct. I want that guy that's on my side. That's the guy you want. You want John on your side, so especially if you're selling. If you're selling your home, you want to maximize the value of it. So... Get, reach out to John seven one six five seven. I can't remember his number. Uh, your at your elite broker. He's Bill's Mafia. He's on Twitter at your elite broker. So hit him up if you're looking to buy or sell a home. He will he will do you right. So
1: true. You know what? That uh, he sounds like the type of guy that would uh, when you go to a closing. He's
2: wearing a sleeveless dress shirt. <laughs> I've been, don't you dare. If he steals my idea. No, I've been trying to buy. This my Shark Tank idea. Sleeveless <laughs> dress sleeveless shirt. Dress. Because there's nothing more intimidating than when you walk into a room mm. and you take off your suit coat. And everyone's like, oh, we're going to another boring meeting. You take off the suit coat. Nicely tailored sleeveless shirt. Yeah, you flash them the gun show. Now all of a sudden, it changes the dynamic of the conversation. They're their heels. Yeah, you win.
3: Yeah. Well, a, you've got to have guns, and uh, <laughs> and b. So, I was in sales for a long time before I entered my current vocation, and I'm I'm very much bougie when it comes to suits, and I believe that your shirt needs to extend past the sleeve of your jacket. So you'd be I'd be breaking a cardinal rule if it did not do as such. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, you can tell
2: one of us is a professional, and one of us is trying to pretend he's one. It's hilarious.
3: It's me. Pretending like <laughs> I ditched the suits and went to black. That's just what I did. So,
2: uh, so then <clears throat> let's kick this thing off. Our week 16 preview, the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. Yeah. The time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard, the place Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. The weather, it seems like
3: it's going to be. Well, it can't be worse than last time. Right. 40. Is it 40? 40, 40, 40 degrees. No precipitation. 15 mile an hour winds. No big deal. The line. The Bills are only two and a half point <clears throat> underdogs. They shouldn't be underdogs. But yeah, Chris, who's who's on
1: the call? I'm getting it. Sal is, uh usually tweets uh, it out. Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle yep. and Charles Davis. Charles
3: Davis. Evan Washburn.
2: Now, is that the. I think you said that's the B team for CBS?
3: Might be the B, or C, B yeah. or C team? Yeah, yeah, probably. Which which isn't saying much. I mean, Ian Eagle's okay, but he's not. You know, I don't. Know. I don't. Know. Not, yeah. I've
2: heard too many great calls from right. that guy. Him
3: and Spiro Dedis. Give me Gus Johnson back. Where's yeah, Gus yeah. Johnson? I do like Gus Johnson. And he he's over a, he overacts a little bit, but it's great. His you voice know. works with college football. I think. <laughs> it, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's like Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert has a great voice for sports, but when you see him, he looks like Droopy the dog.
3: That's <laughs> true.
2: <laughs> like he has a voice that doesn't match his face. Your voice is impressively deep. Mine. But it looks like it fits you.
3: It's funny because, like, the amount of times that I'm someplace out at a restaurant at the mall or whatever, my wife is with me or my girls are with me, and I hear a dude talk. So I'll hear a dude be like, what? And I'll, I'll, I'll be like, is my voice that deep? And they're like, deeper. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, I don't feel like it's that. I feel it's normal. Like, my <laughs> voice to me is normal. Oh, it's no, hilarious. You, you and uh, Bruce Nolan have definitely a r- radio voice. <laughs> Bruce does a good job. I would agree with that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But thank you for the. Uh, I, I, so Rico uh, from from Fanatics actually named me the voice. So when I when I joined Fanatics, it was about two weeks in, and he was just going off about the voice, the voice, the voice. And well, but it, it makes just, sense given what just you just do. Stuck. I mean, yeah.
2: you've got a musical mm. background. Yep.
3: You've worked in
2: so you know how to talk to people. You worked in yep. sales. Yep. Y- you also time in front of people at church.
3: Like yep. it yep. gets yep. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. talking is, is... It's funny because I'm an introvert. I'm just a high-functioning introvert. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, see, that, again... Across the table. Across yeah. the
2: table, fist pounds, and I'm just over here yeah.
3: on an island. Slim jeans and introverting. That's <sighs> what we do here. One guy at this table, like, when his phone rings, he gets really excited. My phone's ringing. I can't wait. <laughs> you and I, on the other hand, are like, that's going to voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> just on principle, I'm not talking to that person. Is that mom going to voicemail? So
2: we're talking about the New England Patriots, whose league-leading seven-game win streak just came to a really unceremonious Thank end. Thank God.
3: <laughs> Let's cheers that, cheers that, bro.
2: Drink to that. <laughs> so I had just gotten... Oh, okay, so listen. Not only that, but the Mac Jones hike bus probably has a flat tire or two right now. A little bit. Little bit. Um, I just got home from dinner with our listener Justin Yulberg and his wife and Chris and his girlfriend. And everything's quiet. I'm I'm in the process of almost falling asleep. I've got a glass. I, I poured myself a nightcap. I'm yep, sitting nice. on the couch and I'm watching the Patriots do the thing that we've always seen them do. Mm-hmm. They come back late in the game. They make it a three point game. You go, oh, there's seven minutes left. All right. Well, I've seen this movie before. Right. And then, so so we kind of like caught everyone off guard, including kind of myself, because I'm thinking I'm drifting off to bed. This doesn't matter. Tomorrow's what matters, and mm-hmm. we'll deal with the fallout when it comes. And Jonathan Taylor on second down breaks off a seventy plus yard touchdown run and next thing I know, I, I it's almost involuntary at this point Once for me. I'm up I'm more
0: <laughs> <you roll laughs> open the door.
2: right, like that's the moment, right? It's a moment where now I'm up, I'm fist pumping, oh, I'm oh, yeah. yelling. <laughs> yep. I'm yelling at the TV, I'm swearing, I'm going to get a beer, even though yep. I have a glass of whiskey. <laughs> My wife and my mother are standing in the doorway saying goodbye and she she was over babysitting my kid and my mom's like what the hell is going on? And my wife just shakes her head. She goes the patriots must be losing. It, it has, <laughs> <laughs> there's the only thing that can get him off the couch yeah. with that much that much excitement.
3: Yeah, the, the, the only time that I yell, go, 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 is when a running back or something is happening against the Patriots. Otherwise, it's the Bills, right? Go, 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 oh, go for and, sure. In that moment with Jonathan Taylor, when, when it looked like he was going to get caught and he bent it just a little bit to the right and made the end zone. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you're yelling go at that point.
2: So that has propelled us to where we are today. Mm, yeah. Now we're sitting here talking about this game where we have a shot of having our destiny in our own hands. Right here, this we're gonna play
3: a game this weekend that's gonna decide the fate of the AFC East. Mm-hmm.
2: That's wild.
3: Yeah, the Browns just had that chance too and didn't make good. On
2: yeah, them. well, that's it. And you can see how sometimes it just goes flat. Yeah, yeah. You'd, I mean, sometimes stuff out of your control happens. Yep, yep. Which we're gonna talk about. But yep. e- <laughs> right now, the
3: Bills could win this game and give themselves the inside track. To the AFC's title. Well, if they, if, if they win this game, <clears throat> the Falcons game and the Jets game is a W. The Falcons, a dome team from Atlanta, coming to Buffalo in the winter, January, that's a W, right? Yes. So, and then the Jets, the Jets is a, is a well, W. Well, the
2: Falcons have been a bad even with six wins; they've been a bad football,
3: right? Team. But they're not they're not coming to Buffalo and like going to be excited about playing football no. in Buffalo in the winter. But no. the Jets is a W. So if they win this game, they win out, and then it's a matter of how far can they go? They, they win the East, and how far can they go from there?
2: So, first of all. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> it's, it's Hey listen, from where we but also from where we thought we'd be uh, right now. expectations. It, well, that's it. And this is this was the Bills' first season with real expectations. Real. And I feel like we didn't Not only did we not live up to them, even though our variance You know, you hear Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders talk about how the Buffalo Bills, since they they go back to 1983 with their statistics, there has never been a team more volatile from one week to the next than the Buffalo Bills. Doesn't surprise me. And yet, like, when you think about it, this was the first time we ever really expected something from our team. Sure, sure. And it led to where we are today. Sure. And that's. A little problem. like It's a little unsettling for people. It's uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. People don't know how to handle it. They still don't. Nope. No matter how much I've been on my show, telling everybody to like lower your It's time. Lower your expectations. Yeah. And people still have not.
2: We have to assume the fact that, it's like I said, we, this offensive line situation. Last week, I said it. And I got some really frustrated messages about it. But sure. what it came down to was... It's too late in the season to reinvent yourself. This is just who we are on the offensive line. That's frustrating, but it's because we had an expectation of growth. Right. I, I, I remember reading in a book, because my boss at work told me that he goes. Listen, there's there's this thing that I told. He was like from some guy, and he was talking about how he learned. So I said, okay, I'll take this. I'll take some of his readings, and I'll take a look at him. And the thing that they say is frustration is born out of expectation. All it is is that when you're frustrated by something, it's because you want something from them, regardless of whether or not they're actually capable of obtaining it. The Buffalo Bills. We all thought we're capable of just cruising through the division again. Through the, through the entire schedule. And now you look back at it and you go, that was our fault yep. for giving them that much credit. Agreed. And that's landed
3: us where we are here today. Yeah, but are we giving them that much credit? I mean, when you, when you, when you consider what has changed on this football team, what has changed from 2020? So open, open-ended question. Chris, what has changed for the Buffalo Bills 2020 to 2021? oh Jesus! not 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 i'm not looking for like like the secret thing or the secret sauce just broad broad scope simple like what changed? first thing first thing comes to your mind What what's changed for the good what's changed for the good i don't know i Starts know the d what the defense defense good right so that's the expectation the defense was going to be better what's changed on offense they've gotten worse right so the expectation coming into the season was we would get the same offense we had last year. The defense would return to 2019. Stars coming back, right? We, we drafted two defensive ends. Like, hopefully we can wreak some habit, havoc. Well, the defense showed up. And the defense is playing, for the most part, outside of one game or two, lights out football. That offense has not to me. When we talk about expectations and frustration, this team hasn't delivered. I don't think because of the players. I think because of the coaches. And I don't mean to get negative, but they just don't look like they like. I've said this a couple times on my show. In 2020, there was almost it. It almost felt like the coaching staff. As much as we lauded Sean McDermott for not being that conservative, defensive minded coach, in 2020 they were like, you know what, guys, this defense is going to suck. Like they're going to be bad. So we're just going to like hammer to the floor. like We're going to just like gas to the floor, and we're going to go out there, and we're going, to, we, we're going to score 35 points to win every game. And guess what? They had to score 35 points to win every game. So in 2020, chips were in the middle of the table, right? Yep. Is that what you remember? 2021, it's like, this defense is going to be good. Mm-hmm. We're going to score like 14 points. Ugh. So let's just score 14. God, and that's frustrating. See, so is, that is, it, is, it, is it the players, or is it right? Well, it's a combination mm-hmm. of both. Mm-hmm. And, I would, I'm just
1: curious if McDermott's putting his hands a little bit more into the offense.
3: I, I like just want I wanna know which way. That's that's McDermott comes out and says, Me and Brian Dable are on the same page. Well what the hell is the page? Yeah, what is the page, what page are you on, and what book are you reading from? Is he conservative and you're not? Are you conservative and he's not? Like, he's what six points against the Jaguars? What book? I want to find the book so I can burn it seven times <laughs> against the Carolina Panthers. We went run on second and long, second seven, second eight, second nine, uh, second ten. We went run. So who is the conservative coach? Is it Dable or is it McDermott? I don't know the answer. I no. need that. I need that answer
2: now. When you think back to our last contest against the Patriots, it's hard to take anything away
3: from. Yeah, that. you can't.
2: You can't. And also, I'm not going to waste anybody's time here listening to this podcast. Going, well, oh, you know what they got to do in this game? They got to stop the run. <laughs> or, uh, oh, you got to watch out for play action on, uh, you know, when they run twelve personnel because it's, right. right. it's ridiculous. It's right. <laughs> ridiculous.
3: For sure, it's a waste sure. of
2: everybody's time. For sure, there are instead some philosophical things and some storylines that I think are going to impact this game that we should look at. First of all both teams with roster questions. Mm. This I and mean, the NFL season is a war of attrition. Yep. We all know yep. that. You're playing a sport where the the likelihood of injury is somewhere in the 70 to 80% it's range. It's high. Very few players make it unscathed without even a minor nagging injury through a season. And if you do, you're probably not lucky the next year. Right. Sure. Maybe the year after that. Sure. I mean Frank Gore is one of the few to me you put that guy in the Hall of Fame for nothing else than he's healthy.
3: <laughs> he was always healthy. Yeah. He was healthier than everybody. The word is longev- longevity, but it's it's more about availability. Like he yeah. was he had longevity and availability. Yeah, for sure.
2: And, and and when people look at his inflated statistics, they go, "Oh, you know, he had all these Russian career r- rushing career rushing yards." It's like Nolan Ryan in baseball. Now, I hate baseball, but I love Nolan Ryan because when I was a kid, I watched him beat up Robin Ventura, and it was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen.
3: And I was like, there it is. Right, right, right.
2: I love this guy. He struck out everybody, but it's because he kept pitching into his late 40s. Right. Because he found ways to adapt, and he found ways to be, and he conditioned himself well. In the NFL, you don't have that. No. This is breakneck. Your physical contact, you don't... Tom Brady is this eno- gross anomaly. We're going to find out. We were joking around about it, Chris, uh, during the Tampa Bay game with Mark's wife and my wife, that... Because they, they had mentioned that his hair seems like it's getting better every year. Mine? No, Tom Brady's. <laughs> okay. And yours. It, no, your
3: hair. Mine is not.
2: Every year, your hair gets more and more insulting to me sitting across the table from you. I kind of want to shave it when you're sleeping, but I just... I respect you enough. Ju- I, ju- I respect you just enough not to do it. So they were like, "Why does his hair keep getting better?" That seems opposite of what would happen to a forty something year old man. So he came up with not this idea you, that
3: not if you're creative.
2: Well, he's the Terminator. He's actually he's a robot that was sent from the future to kill someone who's going to help the ro- help the humans overthrow the robot, uh, the Skynet. Right, right, right. And instead, he said, "You know what? I've had enough. I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play football. Right. it will be fine." Right, right, right. So. If you're not him, everybody wears down. Everybody fails. And every football team has to encounter a slew of injuries. I mean, look at the Ravens right now. Yes. They're being pummeled. Three-game three, three game losing streak. And the Bucks, And they're still competitive in yeah. these losses. Yeah, for sure. Despite all of these injuries. I don't know. I just I think that between that and COVID, every every roster in the NFL is being ravaged right now.
3: You bring up a good point though that that first that is never realized by us as Bills fans and for the Buffalo Bills, which is the amount of times we've gone into games, <clears throat> even over the drought now currently whatever, and like great star left tackle out of the game. So you, the assumption is as well. X player for the Bills is going to have a great day because they're down to their third rostered tackle and sure enough third rostered tackle handles the Buffalo Bills player yes. or 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 their like their defensive player is out for the game so the Bills line should have no trouble blocking it up and it doesn't happen. We don't seem to live on the side of the get to take advantage of the dude being no. out on the other side of the line like it doesn't seem cornerback like I
2: remember yeah. Mario Williams crying because some guy named Abushi Ode
3: Abushi <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
2: After the Jets wow. game, we lost to them, and he goes, Yo, he was punching me in the face under my chin strap. You're, you're Mario
3: Williams. You're, yeah, you're 6'8 Mario Williams. Go do
2: something about
3: it. <laughs> with red, with th- red contact lenses. Yeah, do
2: you want me to feel sorry <laughs> for you? I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> If it was me going to the NFL, going, hey, guys, don't take it. Listen, that guy was punching me in the face when no one was looking. Everyone would have some sympathy. Correct. Not
3: when you're Mario Williams. We just never seem to live on the opposite. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail.
2: No, but that's it. And it's one of those things where we haven't traditionally taken advantage of that. We're about to launch into a game with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Uncharacteristically, both teams have... Kind of their own mess is brewing in this regard. A little bit. So when you look at Buffalo, Trey White out for the year ACL there. Yep. Manuel Sanders he's week to week with a knee injury. He, we probably won't see him either.
3: Yeah, you know, we 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 can break down into we can we can land there for a couple minutes. I mean, I feel like Dane Jackson has done well. Like I feel like Dane Jackson Levi Wallace has stepped up. And there's some protecting and some some probably some different stuff to do, that they're oh, doing for with sure with Hyde and Poyer to to protect them. And I'm. D. Said, Jackson's
2: a different animal, and the thing I like about him is that he's physical in the run physical, game yes. to a degree that I don't think we've had a cornerback here when totally he agree. when he was down in the field early in that Carolina. Uh, it was game, scary for I, sure. I,
3: my my breath caught a little bit. Yep, for sure. And and then on the other side, you know, I there's I said this on Sunday. There's nobody that is going to have a conversation and try to tell you that Emmanuel Sanders somehow is not as good of a wide receiver as Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is not even even with this being Emmanuel Sanders last year, and I've got it on pretty good. like conversation inside that he's retiring after this season, regardless of what happens. He's still better than Gabe Davis, but Gabe Davis is a better fit for this offense, in my opinion, than Emmanuel Sanders. He's one of the things that potentially has been missing from this offense this year, and we saw it. We've seen it in a couple games this year. Sorry.
2: Oh, no, 100%. And that's... Then you look at... So now we're going to be without Cole Beasley. Yep. Yep. COVID list. Yep. Which... Again, you... And you do this thing where you, you just... You're not a vitriolic person on social media. No. I but, try to stay even keel. But kind of you else. have a way of saying things that set everyone on fire, and I think it's hysterical. <laughs> because I tell Chris all the time, we only have Twitter because of the podcast. Right. And the day that it's over, I'm going to burn that fucking thing down. <laughs> I'm going to burn it down. I might as well. I'm going to oh. burn this thing to the ground. <laughs> but so... It's one of these things where now you've got players in the COVID list. You know, A.J. Appanessa yep, on the yep, COVID list. Yep. John Feliciano and Deion Dawkins, yep, both yep, on the COVID list, yep. both of whom were vaccinated. Which I think was a lot of the scuttlebutt today on it social was, media. It was,
3: including Jordan Poyer, who also in the Pat McAfee interview apparently said that he is vaccinated as well, which is contrary to what everybody on Twitter believes. But go but, ahead. but
2: that's it. Everyone's mad at this idea.
3: Everybody's, than, everybody's just mad.
2: Everyone's just mad. Everyone's mad. They need mad. a place to go dump their emotions. Yes. yes. Yeah, I don't have that. Right. You know what I, I do? I drink. <laughs> <laughs> I drink. And I don't
3: worry about it. Yeah, I don't know that that's completely the answer. Sometimes you have to work through the problem, but yes. Well, I go to the gym. <laughs> well, nice. <laughs> nice. No. No, I really do like it. The elliptical is fun. The, the elliptical? <laughs> oh,
2: so you'll never catch me on one of those things. My wife wanted to buy one, and I. she was like, oh, we can both use it. No, that's all you, sailor. I'll I'll run around the neighborhood in the cold of winter. Amazing. Uh, before I ever set foot on an elliptical. Amazing. But so then you look at the other side of the ball. Mm. The Patriots aren't without problems. Damian Correct. Harris. Correct. He's coming off this hamstring injury that kept him out after the
3: bye week. And I still don't think he's 100%. Well, as hamstrings, hamstrings go, there's no way he is. That's right? the problem. Especially, I mean, he pulled up in the Bills game. I mean, he got hurt in that Bills game late. And that's when we got to see Ramondre Stevenson for six yards of carry after that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Until Milano started shooting the gap, which you have, to, you have to ask yourself, in the second to last series of the game, why didn't they tell him to shoot the gap in the first quarter? Like, why did they tell him at the end of the game to shoot the gap? But anyway. I guess the
2: question is, why does it take that long?
3: That's what I'm talking about.
2: No, like, no, like, but yeah. even for the player to be like, listen, my coaches don't know well, what they're talking about. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Has he the the process has yielded a team full of guys who will follow every instruction, even if it's stupid? Yeah, but it goes back to It goes
3: back to 170 something yards against Jonathan yeah. Taylor, and and, yeah, and freaking Leslie Frazier says on Monday, we never once considered leaving the four two nickel. <sighs>
2: And that drives it. And that's like, something. Uh, uh excuse me? Chris, we built this place. You and I built this studio with our bare hands. Everything in here. And I want to smash it to pieces when I think about it. When I hear that statement, I want to start flipping tables. Yeah. So starting linebacker Juwan Bentley. Yep, yep. He's on yep. the COVID list. He's, yep. Uh, well, no, he left with an ankle. And he's ankle injury, playing, yeah. And nobody knows if he's in the play. Because yep. they said it was a non-contact thing. And he came out early and just couldn't go. Right. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, yep. Kendrick Bourne's big. Nikhil Harry forced out of the game because of contact with that hit. Correct. That hit killed everybody involved. Uh, Anderson (laughs) Sandejo rattled both of their skulls. Yep, yep. And that was it. And then Nelson Aguilar also got battered up. So he's in the concussion protocol. We don't know what his standing is. Not yet. Who's better equipped coming into this game?
3: Well, the Buffalo Bills are still the better roster. All the way around. That's it. I mean, you the 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 main player to worry about on that on that Patriots team is Matthew Judon, right? So after Matthew Judon, then it turns into you know who's next. But Matthew Judon is a problem, especially if Deion Dawkins and well, can't play this weekend because it, as
2: like we talked about in the recap show from the Panthers game, you <laughs> you put Spencer Brown at left tackle.
3: Let's not do that again. And it did not go. I
2: mean, I don't blame him.
3: So. It, I don't blame him. If we, if we can sidebar for a moment, last night on the on the off tackle with John Fina show, we had Ruben Brown on. Which was an, am, yeah. an amazing conversation. No, I, I heard it, and we got to have a good, a good talk about you know moving from right to left or left to right. And both of them said, like literally, there's some guys, and they, they mentioned Glenn Parker that could like plug in anywhere. Ryan Bates is probably that guy who they never bring off the bench, but somehow Ryan Bates is the backup to everything, but he never backs up anybody. But like, if you're a utility player, you can come in anywhere. But if you are a left guy going to the right is almost impossible. If you're a right guy going to the left is almost impossible. So, Hall
2: of Fame tackle Joe Thomas once said it's like taking a shit and then
3: wiping your ass with your non-dominant hand. With your left hand. And and Fina talked about that. Fina talked about when he when he was in college and like his his offensive line coach said, Hey if you get serious about this, you probably could go to the NFL. He said immediately I started doing things with my left hand. And when he went, like when he got to the position left tackle, like I started combing my hair with my left hand. I started brushing my teeth with my left hand to kind of get that de- dexterity in my left hand. But to your point, that's exactly right. As far as like it's, and I asked him, is it like switch hitting? So if you're a right-handed hitter and then you pick up the bat to hit left, like it's almost impossible. And they said yes. So <laughs> so they were they were they were asking Spencer Brown, who's an athletic freak, to do something almost impossible. What? I
1: remember we had this problem a couple of years ago with Cyrus Quanjo. Oh my gosh! Whatever he was at to start, what was he at left tackle? To I, start.
3: All, all I remember about Cyrus Quanjo is he's really glad to be a Buffalo. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, uh, he, <laughs> I remember him naked in the field.
3: Yeah, I remember that too. I remember him naked remember in the field.
2: That. I remember him being arrested for being naked in the field.
1: I'm talking about
3: draft day when he's like, I'm really glad to be a Buffalo. It's like, it's a Bill, but that's all right.
1: What was his. What would he come in as a left or right tackle? He came uh, as a right tackle. Well. Right, and then he went to left mm-hmm. and he was significantly better. And I think it. Because. Right tackle. He was pushing off on that injured leg. Well, right? yeah, and right. it, right. The it leg was an like, issue. Oh, he's got a issue. And then they throw him, him to the issue. left. Right. They throw him to the left, and he pushes off fine and was serviceable. Right. It's not it's, a world beater, but it's
2: crazy to me how that works. But so you look at that and you say, okay, we have some problems, right? Yeah. We have some things, but here's what I'll say. I look at New England first. Born, leading receiver. Yep. Yep. And people go, well, wait a minute. Kendrick Bourne is the leading receiver? Yeah. 667 to Jacoby Myers, 664. And maybe that seems like a small thing, but here's what's crazy. He's done it on half the targets. Right, for sure. So he has 56 targets compared to Jacoby Myers, 102. Right. And he has more yards, which kind of underscores he's the more explosive player right. here. And they try to – they engineer plays specifically for that player. He's the kind of like the uh, – They don't have a Stephon Diggs, but if they did, he's the guy that they say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to scheme up a play specifically to get the ball in his hands in a big moment because we need big yards. Right. That's what they've been thriving off of all year. Well, he's gone. He's not going to be here. Second on the team in reception touchdowns, except for Hunter Henry. Right. And Hunter Henry's not an explosive athlete. He's good. He's a good tight end. Very good tight end. Very good tight end. Yeah. He's... He's sound in all the ways that you want a tight end to be. Exactly. At the same time, he's no Travis Kelsey.
3: Correct. I, I almost think he's not John O. Smith.
2: No, And They're, no. Mis-
3: they're misusing John Smith big time. But it's-
2: well, Chris, you know what? I'm just going. I'm more worried saying. about
1: I'm more worried about Aaron Hernandez on Sunday than J- John
3: Smith. He, Chris made a joke until they until they target to your point, design 15 plays for him, and he destroys us.
2: Well, yeah. and so Chris made a joke that he goes, "I don't understand what they're doing." We were talking to a Patriots guy earlier in the year. and Chris, this may be in poor taste, goes, "Yeah, he's been missing longer than Gabby Petito." <laughs> He's been missing from this offense longer, longer than Gabby Petito. Poor taste. Yeah, oh, of course. It's, it's always... What, this is what we do. It's always in poor taste because we are in poor taste.
1: Tragedy plus time equals comedy.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ, Christ, Oh, goodness gracious. Well, with that, it's uh, getting late. Yeah, right? So these guys aren't stars, Right. Nikhil Harry isn't a, isn't a freak. He's not a star NFL wide receiver. Correct. But he was two for five for 59 yards. Right. Because he's dangerous off play action. Correct. He's, he's what they wanted from their tight end group and they're just not getting. Correct. So they throw Harry in there to be the big body that can't get boxed out by a safety who can run a go route once a game off play action and maybe get open 40 yards downfield. Sure. He never has the speed to separate. So it's going to be you catch it, you get tackled. Right. But that's another thing that now they have to worry about. Did we just lose the only vertical threat we had here? Harris, I think that's it. Juwan Bentley plays sixty two percent of their team snaps. If he's not available, I don't know what they do with that linebacker position because they're already kind of thin. Kyle Van Noy's good, but he's a Swiss Army knife. He's not a he's not a pro bowler. Not anymore, anyway.
3: I, I want to think that those, those are going to be problems but I'm still looking at the offensive line. To me, it's going to come down to availability on the offensive line for the Buffalo Bills and yep. who is blocking or who's getting help with Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon has been outstanding this season. <sighs> uh, like he has carried that team. He's made, me off, he's, made they- better, he's made Bentley better. He's made Duggar better. He's made all JC Jackson better. He's making all those. He's, he is the havoc wreaker that I wanted in JJ Watt that we didn't get. Right. Because a Havoc were makes Were you a J.J. Watt guy? I, I'm not a J.J. Watt guy, but if you're going to get me somebody. That, that, no, in that, in, in, at that yes, time, take yes, yourself back. Were yes. you a signed J.J. Watt yes, guy? Yes, signed J.J. Watt. Give me a Havoc reeker. If you get a guy, there's nobody on our defense right now that offenses are game planning for. No. There's nobody. They're like, we I'll agree with you. Especially with Trey being out. With Trey, with Trey in the game, it's like, yeah, we're not going to throw at that guy. And if we do, we're going to test it once in a while. But right now, it's like, yeah, we're just going to play we're going to play some football like and and you know let's not you know let's not get caught up in a bad formation against their formation but there's nobody that they're worried about jj watt gives them somebody to worry about matthew judon is that guy
2: that's fair and to to your point for the bills if you're going to look at where we're hurt by some of these things protection for josh allen has already been hard to come by right. any hit we take on that front is it's to the detriment of every piece of game planning we want to put down correct <sighs> Especially at left tackle.
3: Well, who's going to be the left tackle?
2: It's, it's they're going to put Spencer. Brady, it should I be Ryan Bates. Good. It I, should
3: be Ryan Bates. I know what the thought is. It's it Feliciano's out, so therefore we don't have a backup center. If Morse gets hurt, we're effed. Right. But you put Ryan Bates at left tackle. Do you not? Because put we Ryan... already saw what it looked like. Have you, I said this. I said this two months ago. How do you have the guy that's the guy that comes in and he never comes in? <laughs> like he never comes in. Like, like, even when Spencer Brown got pulled in that game after that personal foul, who went in the game? Yeah. Tommy Doyle. What yeah. is going on? Yeah. Why is this guy on the football team? What, yeah. can, can I wear 71 on Sundays and you pay me $2 million? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a rough look. Now,
2: beyond that, Sanders' production was flagging before
3: his injury. Flagging a little bit, yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. And then Gabe Davis steps up in his absence, has a monster game, has two monster games when you go, okay, he went down, now we gotta look at Gabe Davis more. Oh, I'm sorry, you started throwing me the ball? I guess I'll just make fucking plays. Yeah. So, I just look at that and I say to myself, okay, this, it hurts your depth. Yeah. It hurts your ability to do some things, but also it forces the offensive coordinator to call some things that he might not have otherwise. Sure. Because a question is why haven't we been doing this all along? Well, because they believe that Emmanuel Sanders is the better re- receiver, and that's fine. But also, situationally, you watch Gabe Davis in these moments. Um, I think to the not the touchdown catch, but the catch before his first touchdown of the day yeah. against Carolina. Yep. He comes off. He goes upfield about 14 yards. Cracks it hard to his right. Cuts his route so clean that the cornerback can't keep up with him. He cuts right. across the safety's face. Catches the ball and runs for another ten yards. Right. We don't have a guy on the roster who does
3: that right now. Yeah, and to and to clarify that just for everybody listening, the Bills are like one of the last place teams in in Yak yards after catch. They catch the ball, get tackled.
2: So when I see that guy, I'm in the stands and I see that play happen and I go, why is it that we've been deferring to Sanders when here's a guy who has shown that he at least has the chops to make enough moves in space to get right. open
3: and generate a little yards after the catch? What well, was the Bucks game? When he caught that fourth down, that fourth yeah. down play on the comeback was was incredibly pivotal, uh, pivotal rather. It was the, it was the most important, probably the most important play of the game, and it was all will and heart from him.
2: That's it. Yeah. And AJ Epinesa, Okay, yeah. we're mad that AJ Epinesa is on the COVID list. I, I'm we, not going to lie to you.
3: Are we? Is this almost? A, if I'd be mad. At, by subtraction. If, if this was week three after the Miami Dolphins game, I'm upset that AJ Epinesa is on the COVID list. At week wherever we're at, 15. I'm not. I'm not so sure. I'm upset.
2: Epinesa has half a sack on the season.
3: Okay. Right. Forty-ish
2: about percent of the snaps. Right. For the year. Uh, Obada and Basham. Haven't had nearly the time. And for Basham, I get it because he's a rookie. He needs time to percolate. Sure. He, he needs to matriculate into the defense, learn the... But we get to see it this weekend. We hope. Uh, half a sack against New Orleans. Two sacks versus Carolina. Two tackles for loss for Obata. Obata came here because he was looking for an opportunity to show he could start. When he... Even in limited snaps. He only had 18 plays. On defense, and he made more of an impact than anybody else on our defensive line. Yeah,
3: But I, th- I think you have to asterisk that against the Panthers. True. He knows those guys. True, he knows and, I, those guys. and I'll say that. <clears throat> but then
2: you look at Basham, one tackle for loss, two quarterback mm. hurries, two plays where he stops Cam Newton out of the backfield for less than three yards. Right. That kid is all of a sudden starting to flash some things. A little bit. And remember back to our summertime conversation with John Fina, how he goes, listen, if there's anybody I'm more scared of, it's not Greg Rousseau, it's Basham. Right. If I'm a tackle, Basham's skill
3: set, once he gets Correct. up to speed, is more dangerous at the NFL level. And Fina's talked a lot about that even recently. But yes. yes. yeah.
2: So that has, you're starting to see the, kind of the breakthrough of that. Right, right. I don't know that we're hurt by the loss of A.J.
0: Epinesa
3: we're we're hurt by just the the defensive line coaching and and Fina's talked about this a lot too like there's no moves there there's no creativity all they do is basically stutter they basically come off the line stop and then restart and then just press into the chest um, and which, which puts the, the offensive lineman in a position where, you know, if, if you're going to give them their full frame, which is how Fina talks about it, if you're going to give me your full frame as an offensive lineman, let's do that all day because I can just completely block you out versus guys that he says that can turn and get skinny and get around you and it's hard to get a hand on them. There's just no creativity, in my opinion, and John, and backed up by what John has said and taught me, right? Cause I'm mm-hmm. no, I, I didn't play NFL football. That guy did. And, and Ruben <laughs> Brown agreed, like, there's a, a huge giant. There's a great rotation. All these guys are fresh, but there's a giant lack of creativity in the pass rush from all those guys on the offensive line. Ed Oliver might be the only one that has kind of like a little bit of flash to him, flair to him, as far as just different move types. But
2: and so this is it. So we're talking about hey, listen, our our situation seems like we're a little bit better off yeah. than them, but it all comes we down are. to the team and how they're coached and how they we execute. And there's so much at stake in this game, not just in terms of wins and losses. Right. I mean. It might be one of the most redundant things you can say, but there's a lot at stake here. Right, right. But it transcends for me the wins and losses. Sure. What I look at is, I'm, I, it's not just one more game. It's, I take a broader look at it and I say to myself, okay, what does this mean in terms of Sean McDermott against Bill Belichick? Because you have so many things going for you. Yeah. Bill, Bill Belichick is coming in with a rookie quarterback with a bunch of free agents who, an underwhelming skill position group, guys who haven't really melded together yet. Right. How many times can you lose to that
3: guy? Well, they've only lost once this year.
2: Yeah, but so this is why it's important. And I I, I want to look at a couple philosophical points. First of all, Uh-oh. McDermott, and this is where I I, I need to get smart. Yeah. <laughs> McDermott standing amongst AFC East coaches. I mean, we all love Sean McDermott, or at least uh, I do. We once do. we've silvered up, we're still there. We're, still, we're <laughs> even, still there, even after bad losses. Once we've silvered up, we like this guy. Yeah. How many angry calls do you get in to your show? None about our head coach. None. See, it's None. we all love this guy, but for as much as he's done to establish himself over the last couple years, sure, and then last year obviously propelled him into that coach of the year conversation, Correct. which he lost because the Browns are the Browns are so sad. That they somehow out us, <laughs> and that's why Stefanski won. And now you see where that landed him. Right. He unfortunately shares a division with a juggernaut, and that's there, there's been a lot of great coaches to come through the SEC. Nick Saban, unfortunately, resides there, and so there's been guys like Mark Richt, who have put together some great Georgia teams. Right. And he crashes on the rocks of Nick Saban Island. Nick Saban, yeah. And so did Les Miles. Yep. So has ever, Coach Ogeron. All of them. It's not that these guys are bad. It's that he's so good. He's better. That you can't beat him ever. Right. And it's just, it's not going to work for you. He's 2-7 and seven against Bilicek. And those two wins came in a year where Bilicek thought he had a planet quarterback. That first game was hell. They almost
3: won it. They almost won it. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for a timely fumble, that was a that was a billsy moment. Yep. Uh, until the until Zimmer punches it out, it was a billsy moment. We all all three of us, all of Bills Mafia, is like, we know where this is going. Mm-hmm. All of us knew. Here we go. I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're going to score, and yep. that's going to be the end. That's going to be the end. We steal
2: that one, and then we we barnstorm them yep. later in the year when yep. they go to Stephon Gilmore. Yep. And we are and our offense is firing on all cylinders. We're great. Well, then you come into this year and you lose that first game, and I say to myself, "I'm like, all right, look, I, I'll give you a pass on a lot of these losses to Belichick because that's what happens when you play a Hall of Fame coaching and quarterback. Mm. First ballots, both of them. It's not an easy hill to climb, but this was supposed to be the end of the dynasty." This was supposed to be, okay, we've got our franchise quarterback. We've spent a lot of money. We've made a lot of draft moves. We think we are set up to to hold serve over the division for a while. Right. And now you're telling me that we're in a must-win football game (laughs) against the team. So are they.
3: So are they, technically.
2: They are. But it's this idea that they just had their dynasty. Yeah. They took a year off. They licked their wounds, and they came back, and all of a sudden in that first game, you just got out-coached. You got out-smarted. You got out-executed. Almost the same thing that happened in the first game last year. Yes. So, at the end of the day, I guess—I don't know. I I guess I just—I thought that this division— with When Tom Brady left and the way we handled things last year, this was going to become more like the AFC North. Yep. I didn't expect the Patriots to go away, but I thought that it would be what the AFC North was when the Ravens and Steelers were. Every game between our teams was going to be much must-watch TV. Right, for sure. And we would trade shots. Right, right. Well, in a game the way we lost it the last time, you could tell one guy was playing chess and one guy was playing checkers.
3: I, it's, it's it's true uh, the, the problem is, is I don't know uh, How do I want to say this I don't think it's a matter Of one guy's playing A more intelligent game While the other guy's Playing a non-intelligent game Which is what that That, that analogy That's means That's right? Fair. I think it's more about One guy's playing chess While the other guy's Playing just a completely Other game And almost out-coaching himself Like there's just a, a lot Why do you wait so long To go to the pass You've got Josh Allen what you know, what, There was just a lot of fundamental errors from a coaching standpoint, in my opinion, in that football game. It was just maddening as a Bills fan just because they could have won that game. They, the, that game was reachable. They could have absolutely 100% won that football game had they just coached differently. And it wasn't because they were being out. You can say they were being out coached. I don't know how to – I don't even know how to play <laughs> Like it's 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 okay. Yeah, I make a lot I think, of hyperbolic think, statements. And there's not a lot of well, ways. to Well, combat. Belichick puts every coach in a position of oh my god, what's he going to do? Yeah, right. And and then you end up screwing yourself. Versus you know what this is who second game last year against the Patriots. This is who we are. Stop us.
2: Well, exactly. And that's where I don't understand how we got so far removed from that. So now where we are. Fifty mile an hour winds. So where we are going into this game yep. is that this is McDermott's chance to prove yep. that. That wasn't just a fluke, right? They didn't just luck into this, correct? That it didn't just, hey, we got lucky because Bill Check had Cam Newton at quarterback, right? Because I think we all realize after this weekend that he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's finished, he's done. So it's it's just one of these things where I, your thoughts on this idea that I, I mean, a failure to win this game in my mind would make last season's results seem almost kind
3: of pointless. Pointless. Yeah, like, well, you season, didn't actually accomplish anything. The season isn't over, but it's pretty much over if they lose this football game.
2: I, it's You're playing for the wild card and you're hoping that the rock, paper, scissors matchup that is the AFC turns your way. Yep, yep. But if you win the division, you have a better shot of it coming up your way. And
3: Karma probably says that we're facing the Patriots in the first round of the playoffs. Well, right? that
2: would be the. Chris, <laughs> wouldn't, be, wouldn't that be the craziest shit?
1: I would love that. You, it, it's If we were to lose this game and get in the wild card and be matched up. With the Patriots for the wild card matchup, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season.
3: So they say they beat us eighteen times in a
1: row or something. <laughs> say, they, Chris,
2: they throttled us for de- for the better part of decades. Don't yeah, but don't talk to me about but that. But they're not back. Patriots aren't back. Um,
3: they're, it's go ahead.
2: Well, I was gonna say. Did they are are they not back, Chris? They just had a seven game win streak, which the, was the biggest in the NFL. The Chiefs are back. The a, Chiefs are back. Okay, I don't, know, so, I
3: don't know if the Patriots are back, but they're they're doing something. Yeah, they're so, moving. So they're this, shucking and jiving. They're so making the things
1: happen. Patriots win seven in a row means they're going to be good for the next twenty years. No,
3: no, exactly. Okay, and I'll go only through because these, Belichick's going to be dead twenty years from and
2: now. I'll go through this real <laughs> quick. Brandon Bean, Brandon Bean is also tied into this too. Because here's what I say. You guys had this team on the ropes. They were, you said, okay, they, they don't have a lot of talent. That's why we beat them last year. Right. We rebuilt and now we should be ahead of them. If in one singular offseason, Bill Belichick can build a team that kicks your ass every time they play you, then.
3: I, I, they got a lot of guys back though. It, there's a lot of guys that, that opted out last year that they've gotten back. Okay, they got sure. Calvin Cal Noy back, which Miami completely misused him and then like cut him and like released him. And then the the, the, the Patriots were like, yes, please come home. Okay, so, yeah, but a bit different.
2: But as the and, manic
3: fan here in the room, and they've got a quarterback that can play quarterback.
2: <laughs> there's a part of me that looks at this and goes, if that team, the dynasty, could fold like that, they could eat all that cap space, come back with a hundred million dollars, spend it all. And yet, you guys just did that two years ago. I thought with that in the draft classes, you guys were supposed to be better. Mm. And now they're embarrassing you every time you play them.
3: Well, the game has yet to be played. I know. What if they lose but, 19 but to 20? So
2: but, right? so I mean. but even then, you've lost to them twice now. Yeah. They've lapped you in this rebuilding phase. Correct. Does that throw a lot of cold water on a lot <laughs> A loss like that, what would you do if I called you, the Bills lose, and I call you on your show and I want to rant about Brandon Bean's rebuilding this team? Nate Geary's come on this show and talked about how the Bills built themselves to beat Kansas City, and they did. But the league was already trending that way.
3: For sure for sure. I, I don't I but I don't know that this is necessarily a Brandon Bean issue. There's there's personal mistakes that Brandon Bean has made. Uh, when you look at the, the offensive, offensive line, line. When, yeah. right? When you look at reliance upon letting Andre Roberts go and just assuming the the assumption that Isaiah McKenzie is gonna be the guy, uh, there, there's things that Brandon Bean has done. That, that you know, Matt Hawk is another one of those guys. It's like, what is going on here right now? But I still can't get away from the fact that this roster is better than that Patriots roster. So if the roster is better than the Patriots roster, it's something else. And it's something outside of Brandon Bean's control personnel-wise. Now, it's not outside of his control. Management wise, so are we looking at a you need to fire this guy right? Whether it's the you know Bobby Johnson or or somebody else on the staff, but you know to me it's a coach. There's there's other issues at play here outside of just personnel. I don't think it's wide receivers versus wide receivers. We win. Running backs versus running backs, they win. Quarterback versus quarterback, we win. Offensive line versus offensive line. They win. That's a Brandon Bean thing. Defensive line versus defensive line, we probably win that matchup, right? They've got Judon. That's about all they've got. Defensive backs, they've got JC Jackson. We have Trey White. Like, linebacker situation, it's maybe a tie. I don't think from a personal standpoint, Brandon Bean can be blamed if the Bills lose both of these football games. To me, it's something else. It's, it's coaching. It's, there's some, there's, there's, philosophy. there's
2: Chris, can you see why I brought him in here to have this conversation? Because he's
3: smarter than you? There's, no, I, I don't think that at all. There's I do, definitely, and I, so do our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely identity issues on this Buffalo Bills football team. There's legit, no, hardcore it. identity issues. This team does not know who they want to be. From an offensive standpoint, they know who they want to be on defense and they're so committed to it, they won't get away from it when they're getting completely run over, uh, by Jonathan Taylor. But on offense, it's very much a, yeah, we're going to mill around and do some weird things. And when it gets tough, then we're going to go back to who we probably are really good at and like throw the ball over the field and, and, and put two touchdowns on you and lose anyway. Right? Isn't that what you've watched all year? Am I wrong in that? <laughs> Ah, uh, Joe. What, there's a, there's a switch. That I love they, you, there's, sir. There's a switch. That, and cheers to you with water because I'm out of I'm out of your your bougie uh, bourbon, uh, Chris. But uh, but but there's a, there's a point where they're, they're flicking switches. It's like okay, got to flick the switch, and they flick the switch, and it's like there they are. Why not do that first down, one minute into the game?
2: Yeah, no, it's frustrating. It really is, and so it makes you wonder what is this football team. But this is it. This is the crucible right here. We're going right. to put them in it, and we're going to find out what this team actually is from a coaching perspective, sure. from a talent perspective, from a will perspective. Right. How badly do you want to win this game? Because if you come in here the way you've come into so many other games, to right. your point,
3: flat-footed, you will lose. It's going to happen. You will lose. So, no, no, Expect it. The Bills are going to come out in the first quarter and flat on defense and offense. Do you have any reason to not expect that <sighs> to happen? And that's the problem. Do you have any reason to not expect that? they're going to be flat on offense and defense first quarter.
2: I want to believe that this past week and, and I want to believe what they said after the Tampa Bay game, but I feel like I've heard it a million times. Even
3: last year, that defense was very much a first drive of the of the of, of whoever they were playing against. They normally marched right down the field. And then the Bills kind of figured it out. They very much play a wait and see kind of game. Well, let's see what they're going to do, and then we'll figure it out. I don't think that's adjustments, but there's definitely they they just come out. They don't. Well, oh,
2: they adjust. No, because I remember the Giants game a couple years ago. He has a whole slew of gifts for me from that game. One of them, I'm just yelling, <laughs> it's bullshit. But they Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley game. They yeah. go down the field. They score in the first drive. Yep. And then we don't let them sniff the end zone for the rest of the game. Correct. I. I, you There might be some merit to that. Ultimately, this game is going to hang on a just a handful of things. Because to your point, the, our roster is not worse than theirs. Correct. It all comes down to execution, but it's all about how you're coached. And it's all about the X's and O's and just where this falls. You just can't coach scared against Belichick.
3: And there's too many coaches that coach scared against Belichick. Right? I mean... No, that's it. That's why everyone dies on that hill. To include McDermott, McDermott in the last game, coach scared, and it was it was funny to me because I I, I brought it up, and it's other people caught onto it as well. He looked different in that game on the sideline. He just looked like the season was slipping away from him in that. Like he was, do you, obviously you remember that game, right? Oh like he God, was, he was animated. Differently than he's ever been an- animated Scream before. Scream at officials. How's like, that's about, not him. About illegal formations. I saw. Like,
2: it, well, I saw it on the st- in the stands. I'm like, why is McDermott off the sideline?
3: Yeah, he, so, what's happening here? So there was. It was just everybody that co- people go to Belichick and they just coach scared. They just do. And you can't. You got to go in and it's it's an Andy Reid thing. Andy Reid when he plays Belichick, he just he does Andy Reid things, right? He, well, hey, beat me. And if he beats him, great. But if he doesn't, then Andy Reid
0: wins. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: And so that, folks, brings us to our festivist celebration for 2021 the seventh annual airing of Bill's grievances. Wow. A lot like Frank Costanza, I have, I have a festivist story. Nice. It's kind of funny. It all started twenty fifteen. We start this podcast. We had a lot of hope because Rex Ryan showed up and pounded the table and told us, "Hey, get ready, Bills fans, because we're going. We're going to the playoffs."
3: Is this microphone working?
2: Yeah. Is it is this thing on? because it it's on? About to be on. It's about to be. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. The team was going to be great on defense. We had a star running back. Everything somehow we snookered the Eagles into trading us Sean McCoy. Everything was going to be for for Kiko Alonso. Chris, it will forever be debated. Uh, Kelvin Ben, uh, what was his name? Uh, Kel, uh Jesus, Kevin the lineman? No, the linebacker that we traded to the Colts straight up for Jerry Hughes. Oh, uh, uh, Kelvin Shepard. Kelvin Shepard yeah. or. Kiko Alonso off an ACL tear for Lashawn McCoy. Right. Which one's bigger, highway robbery?
3: That's tough, dude. Because <laughs> Jerry Hughes is still a Buffalo Bill and Lashawn's retired. But uh, it's that's close. That's it's close. Close. Yeah. And
2: so I guess when I look at that, I, we had every reason to believe that life was going to be good. Right. Right. By the time the holidays rolled around, that first year of podcasting for us, mm. I'm, 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 Chris leaves my house. I mean, I've taken so many kicks in the groin, proverbially, that I can't like I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm in my bachelor pad apartment alone. Chris is gone. Now I'm, I've had a handful of beers after we're done recording. And I'm thinking to myself, this wasn't supposed to be here. Right. Chris pulled me into this, and I wasn't supposed to be <laughs> on the losing end of this. And I'm, I'm just chugging beer, angrily re-watching Bill's highlights. The thought kind of occurred to me, there had to be another way. I can't possibly be the only one out here who's pissed off about these things I can't be and his podcasting at least in the buffalo market was in his infancy there was nobody else out here so you were the first so there was other people who needed, probably needed somewhere to go to get the shit off their chest right? so we opened it up to them and I said listen I get to get behind the microphone every week and have a little bit of catharsis What about you guys? What bothers you the most about this team? What's the thing that you yell at or that you get mad about when you're in the shower on a Monday morning after a bad Bills loss? Tell me about it, and I'll rant about it on your behalf.
3: i run on second and long.
2: (laughs) Exactly
3: that right there. Uh, Stop running on second and long. (laughs) And
2: thus the airing of grievances was born.
3: I haven't read mine yet, so... Oh, I know. If, if, you, if you have a
2: stack of them in front of you. So, as you pre, always, Have you
3: pre-gamed? You pre-gamed, right? You well, pre- I had pre- to put them together. Oh, see, so you know you what's know going In coming.
2: the spirit of the season, we want to help not only ourselves, but our listeners release whatever small amounts of negativity we have left so we can all head into the new year and a new chapter of Bill's fandom sure. with a clean slate. Sure. You know, just clear eyes, full heart. Let's, let's just all get these things off our chest. I love it. And so with that, Chris...
4: The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it.
2: The first one comes from Brendan O'Brien from Twitter. He says, my grievance is with my parents for allowing me to follow in their footsteps of being a Bills fan. I'm with you, bro. Years of agony that have followed. (laughs) And also, keep your goddamn pizza, I live in Binghamton.
3: No, but, dude, I I don't, I don't know how this format's supposed to work, but I can tell you, during the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, I'm in Tampa sitting in the seats and my daughter, who's 14, texts me and says, I want to pick a new team. I'm really frustrated.
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, you're not alone, dude. That's it. That's what we're here to talk about. You go. Uh,
3: you want me to go? So I have not. I have not pre-read this, and I yeah. I, I may need glasses. But uh, my uh, hashtag Bill's grievance is players or fans describing losses as a quote unquote wake up call that can only be a thing if a team actually gets back on track afterward. Instead of this team, or instead, this team has reportedly slammed on the snooze button all season. Also, we lost to the effing er, lost to effing Urban Meyer, uh, Michael Partham uh, via Twitter. He's <laughs> not. He's not wrong. He's if, not wrong. <laughs> we just need to flush it. Uh, this isn't who we are, and it starts with me.
0: Well, it's a Festivus miracle!
3: You heard what I just said, right? I did. <laughs> I just gave you all the cliches. We gotta flush it. Uh, it. This isn't who we are, and it starts with me.
2: What I do like, though, is that Parson, you gotta look at it like this. The Bills have won after every game they've lost.
3: That's not true. They lost two in a row.
2: Oh, they did lose two in a row. You're welcome. The Patriots, the Buccaneers, <laughs> the two
3: biggest games of the season, arguably. Every, dude, I just got blown up on Twitter for my Cole Beasley tweet as, of which, and I'm not going to say who, uh, awesome content creator, he was like, well, this is the biggest game of the season, and Cole Beasley's now out because of because of this whole vaccination situation. I was like, hang on a second. I was like, the Steelers was the biggest game of the year. Uh, like, There's like seven biggest, the Chiefs was the biggest game of the year. The Titans was the biggest game of the year. Like, there's been seven different biggest games of the year. This is just another one of them. <laughs> if the Bills lose this game, it's not Cole Beasley's fault. It's because we lost seven other games that we could have won hell yeah Chris your turn we Sorry. have Vernon Butler and Cody Ford that's the tweet
1: <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Zach Vaughn Buffalo Fanatics
2: Vernon Butler stole 7 million dollars from this franchise this uh, year uh, Ocean's 11 couldn't
3: have done it better first of all I love Zach Zach is the man he's a great content <laughs> con- contributor for, for Fanatics and you talked about Brandon Bean so we didn't even get there so, so overestimations by Brandon Bean Vernon Butler Cody Ford. But Cody Ford is by far and away. The best players will play. We don't play politics. You're wrong. Why? Because Cody Ford is on this football team. That's why Quentin Spain quit the team. That's why Quentin he Spain was like, Oh, I
2: see the shit you're doing. Yeah. I don't want to be here. And now look at him. He's being productive. Where's Cody Ford? He's on the bench.
3: You saw Brian Winters last year collapse the entire right side of the line because he missed a block so bad and the dude was still on the on the team. Bobby Hart, right? Bobby Hart is on this practice squad right now. The what is he that, bringing to you? Uh, the fact that he uh, even gets to orbit this team. <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that he
2: even gets to be anywhere, like, in the orbit of this football team. For sure, for sure. So, this one comes from Greg Thompson at Cover 1. Oh, Greg. There should be more pre-snap motion, play action, jet sweeps, and creativity in the offense. Now, that's my grievance for the year. Yeah. And here's why. I look at Dable's inability to pivot when things get tough. And here's what I see. Back that's in 2020, cool. I... I have a chart up in front of me and it has all of... Chris, maybe you can put that on the TV. Uh, what uh, chart? Never mind. I didn't send it to you. I have a chart in front of me and it's literally all of the... It's the depth of completion for Josh Allen last year. 20 plus, 12 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 1,136 yards. You look at 2021... His completion percentage went up from 44.8 to 46.9, mm. but his yards are down to 90, 995, mm. and he has five touchdowns and two interceptions. Wow. That's a seven-touchdown loss in terms of deep shots. Mm. Now, we all know that teams have adjusted to what the Bills were doing last year, and they started playing too high safety. Other than the Bucs. Other than the Bucs.
3: Right. The Bucs blitzed the hell out of us. Yeah, they played They played, They played. played cover one, and the Bills were throwing screen passes. Yes, yeah. and it was atrocious. Yes. It all blew up in our face. Until the end, but yeah.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. The second that we altered course. Oh, wait, are they playing? Oh, they're only playing cover one. Oh, maybe we should do something different. Yeah, maybe we should move. <laughs> I don't know, but let's let, make, make it take a whole half. Right. <laughs> so, in this way, I mean, to Allen's credit, he's still uncorking the deep
3: ball. And he's still doing it accurately. Am I the only one that gets annoyed by it when it happens? No. But it what? seems situationally it's at the wrong time. There's times when the deep ball comes and you're like, yes. He and just they-
2: wants it because he's like, listen, I have a howitzer.
3: He did it. He did it in the Carolina Panthers game. The deep ball that he threw in the Carolina Panthers game was the worst situation. Maybe not the worst, but a bad situational time to do it. I was just like, he threw it. I was like, why? Why do it now? Here's Here's what happens.
2: Josh Allen will live and die on that hill. He's going to. He's
3: going
0: to he knows yeah.
2: that he has a flamethrower and that these guys are like, okay, listen, we're gonna try to make you dink and dunk. It's very hard to take yourself out of the thing you do well. And so in that way It's frustrating. But so what's more frustrating yeah. to me is that Brian Dable hasn't seen these things right. and done more to change our offensive scheme so that hey, if I know my quarterback is still gonna uncork these things unsuccessfully. Then I should probably do more to free up that deep shot, or maybe we should communicate better on like, okay, now's the time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the foundation early in the game to suck the safeties into the box, and then you can take shots. That's not
3: happening. No, it's not happening. It's it's egregious. It's egregious. for sure, am You're I excellent. am I up next? So this is from uh, uh, D Tizzle with uh, one two three four Z's from Reddit. What grinds my gears is that the Patriots are good again, which we've been talking about. They only took a year off, to your point, actually, uh, to rebuild and reload. However, you want to look at it. We only had one year of humbled Patriots fans, and now they're talking shit as if they won the Super Bowl already. FTP, Tom Brady shit standing up. Go Bills.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Chris, that might be one of the funniest lines I've ever heard.
3: It's it's not ideal. It's It's just not ideal.
2: Chris, you go.
1: This is from our official legal counsel, counsel, our lawyer, Mark Smith. Molson Ice has lost its magic. Tailgate weather has been terrible. I win too much crap while under the influence at the club level silent auctions. I'll take Little Caesars when I win. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this guy drives past Buffalo Pizzerias to buy Little Caesars. And he's a lawyer. And he's a lawyer married to an ER surgeon. So you Also, to- also,
3: Joe tattoo Miller High Life girl on his arm. Oh, I, I, my last name's Miller, and I don't have that. Um, I, would, I would tell you this, that my youngest is uh, 12, um, and uh, it's funny because she calls it little seizures.
2: <laughs>
3: I like it. Can we get little seizures? It's like, no, we're not getting seizures today. No, no, no one here is having seizures. We have better taste than that.
2: All right, so I'm going to read Hugo Carmona from Twitter, he's also our listener from Portugal who comes in a couple times a year. Well, every couple years to watch games with us. Festivus complains, one, sneaky NFL relaxed the holding calls last season to trick our front office into thinking we had a good offensive line. (laughs) Uh, Two, why do we trade for a wide receiver that doesn't get any calls? Three, Mark brings the most disgusting foods and drinks to your tailgate and I will end up having to try them. Four, my love of the Bills will end up with me having to drink eggnog for the first time. And five, COVID has me more likely to be able to attend a Bills game than a home game for my own football team here in my country in the near future. (laughs) And that's depressing.
3: (laughs) That's a mic drop right there. That's it. Hugo, you killed it. (laughs) You've got some problems, dude. You're... That's You're a, screwed. That's a mic drop. I don't know if I'm allowed to read this one. This is from Buffalo Ceilings on Twitter, and Buffalo Ceilings actually unfollowed me. So, yeah. But I'll read it anyway. So if this is a bad form, then you guys can just... He can, he can, that's he, hilarious. He can tweet me later. That's yeah. hilarious. You just got... <laughs>
2: you had... Someone blocked you, and then their are Not, not blocked
3: there. me, just unfollowed me. So, yeah. It, uh, just one of those things. Right. Uh, the dome-no-dome no dome debate reached poor acid-in-my-eyes level immediately upon its arrival, and we are nowhere near close to its end. That is hysterically true and untrue, because I think we're supposed to know in the next, what, week to ten days, right? But, can F.E.
2: Hochul just said uh, a day ago that, listen, whatever the Bills want to do, the state's in their bag. If they think Orchard Park's the best place, then let's do it in Orchard Park.
3: At, at, at the risk of extending this show longer than it needs to go, because I've got to get home and make Christmas cookies yes, with my sir. family, uh, I'm, I'm now somewhat Team Dome. However, there needs to be a responsible Team Dome. If you're talking about spending $2 billion, put this thing downtown somewhere. And, I'm, and I live in Hamburg. I'm 10 minutes from the stadium post-game. So literally, I park on the opposite side of Southwestern, so on the, I guess what would be the north side of Southwestern Boulevard, so that when the game's over, I turn right, I hit the light at seven corners, which is now, what, six, five corners, and I'm gone. Like, I'm home in 15 minutes. Minutes. Put this thing downtown. Put a dome on it. Convention center. Build hotels around it. Like make it someplace to go. Right? The bills aren't going to do that. The state's not going to do that. They're going to put an open air. It's just they're going to they're going to this thing up. Like, it's, it's just. It's just not It's just not great. And the worst part about it is I'm a season ticket holder. I have fantastic... I tweeted this today. I have fantastic seats. I'm on the first row of the upper deck, the 30-yard line visitor side. They're going to cut 10,000 seats from the stadium. You know who's going to have to sit behind five rows of people? Me. Yeah. I'm going to lose my seats, which means I'm probably done buying season tickets. That's 100% you. Because I don't want to sit behind people. I want to be on the rail. Like, I love my seats. My seats are fantastic. But Now, Joe... Now I'm airing my grievances. You have one more. I do, and I need you to read it. Wait, so we're going out of order? Yeah. No, Greg Zahn on Twitter. I believe. I, th- I think I know Greg Zahn on Twitter. Uh, why is Chris ever allowed to speak on anything regarding sports, especially when it's so obvious he knows nothing? Now, Chris,
1: oh, that's. Uh, I used to work with that guy, Greg. Greg Zahn. He. This is his. Uh, this is how in depth he gets when he texts me. Yeah. He goes, Alan sucks. <laughs> I go. All right. What is it? He, he sucks. Very in depth. Thanks. Thanks. You put
2: a lot of thought into this,
3: Greg. Greg, next time just say he drops too far. He drops to eleven yards when he should be dropping to nine. Greg. Then you then you'll at least have something to give Chris.
2: Greg. Greg, <laughs> just say you have better
3: hair than Chris. I can mean, we go back? Can take him down. He's actually bald. Can we go back to the? Oh dope? Good. Can we go back to the <laughs> stage? That's thing? still better than what you have going on. No, I this like is, the Mohawk. Of course you. Can we go back? We go
2: Skinny back? Jean Team Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see this. You need this. to go back
3: to the, dome thing, or the, the stadium thing. Oh, the second? stadium thing? Because I'm Listen. sick and tired of the conversation about the stadium will never pay for itself and it doesn't make any money, blah, 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 blah. Do they, do they realize what's going to happen to the economy if $300 million in player and, and staff salary leaves the Buffalo market? That's my point. You have to keep them here. The stadium doesn't pay for itself. It'll never make money. Well, what, what about the $300 million in tax money that's going to leave Buffalo if they don't build a stadium? What about the thousands of dollars these guys donate to local charities? How about the taxes on a ticket and the tax? Yes. Beer.
2: How about the taxes on out-of-state players oh, but, who play games in Buffalo? But there's
3: only eight events a year. They only have eight on. things a year, and that doesn't pay for that... Two billion dollars stadium that the public's gonna have to pay for. Do you know how much money the freaking government I, wastes?
2: Seeing you and I, oh, they waste everything. They want to give one point
3: six billion dollars to Amazon on Long Island, but they can't give us two billion dollars of real estate for the only team that plays in New York State and brings in tax revenue.
2: We've had a couple of listeners who laugh because I say things like, "I'm like, well, you want to fix it? You just start throwing politicians at our airplanes, and eventually they'll get. <laughs> th- eventually they'll figure it out. I just wish people were smarter. They, well, they, I wish everyone was smarter, but otherwise, it, but listen, if if people were too smart they wouldn't listen to this podcast sounds true it's true (laughs) Chris what do you have left
1: uh, yeah, this is, uh, my favorite one. Trying to establish a run game even when it doesn't work and teams don't even respect it. <laughs> we have an elite passing game, use it. It's like letting a Ferrari rust out in the rain while you try to restore Ford Pinto in the garage. Nailed it. Austin's username on Reddit. That's Nailed it. It's yeah.
2: pretty fucking good. Nailed it. I like it because, you know,
1: good. off offseason, you know, I was told by the coaching staff, oh, we're gonna have a run game. Oh, really? With the the mid, mid-round lineman you drafted and you brought in Matt Breda? So you start. Starting five's the same, and you added one speed back that you don't use. How am I supposed to believe that everything's going to change? If
2: if, if I can tell you, it, it's like when you're a kid, and you, you talk to your friends, and you go, listen, I'm building a tree house. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then you've, you see what it is you've constructed at the age of 12, because you're yeah. not an engineer. And then you look at it and you go, well, "That's a hunk of shit." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but it, but but it's I can kind of stand in it and I can kind of be up there and no one will get killed or maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe it comes falling out of the tree. That's what the Bills did with the run game. They were like, "Well, we built the whole offense. The whole offense. So- we built something." <laughs>
3: So the the question I have and is as conspiracy theories abound and we can I can finish with this. I don't know if you guys listen to the post game pressers or the post game like the locker room speeches. But literally if you want to jump on a conspiracy, so Josh Allen has gone from, hey man, that's what it takes, heart and yada 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 and we believe in the process and it, like he goes on this little long thing and then so you know go bills or bills that go bills on one to three, one two three go bills or one to three bills, right? This last one it's like nothing needs to be said. One to three Bills. Bills. It seems to me that there's this budding frustration, even in Josh Allen, over what's going on with this football team. I don't know if you guys have felt it, but I'm just... Duh! uh, And I'm an outsider watching, and for me it just looks like... Some people just aren't happy. And if, yeah. you're, if your franchise quarterback isn't happy, it goes back to that. So there was a conversation that was had. Uh, we had Glenn Parker and Jerry Ostrowski on the John Fina show. And Ostrowski's talking about the K gun. So Keith McKellar, K gun, Jim Kelly, blah, 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 blah. Yep. They're a couple years into it. The Bills now have Carwell Gardner. And he's like, you know, do you guys remember? So I'm like sitting sidecar to this whole conversation. Do you guys remember when we had Carwell Gardner and we were like going to come out with the C gun? Like, and we were going to surprise everybody. We get four games in. The offense can't score. Finally, Jim Kelly gets in the huddle, throws Carwell Gardner. Gardner out of the huddle and says that's it, we're going back to the K gun and they, they scored in the next four possessions, like sequentially. And literally that's what's gonna have to happen, in my opinion, for Josh Allen. At some point in time, he's gonna have to take ownership be shit. like, you know what, this is my football team. I appreciate you, Brian Dable. I appreciate you, Sean Whoa. McDermott. This is my football team. Has he not earned it? <laughs> he has earned it.
2: I'm sorry, but if he walked into if he walked in shirtless to the meeting room he when should. the coaches are all sitting around on like a Tuesday afternoon and just walking around like, What are you doing? Are you not entertained? Into- into- drop two cantal- I'm here drop now. two
3: cantaloupes on the table yeah
2: here is my playbook here's what i'm going to call this weekend why because I'm the guy.
3: Preseason this year. He came out preseason this year and said, if I don't like a play, we don't run it. And then he corrected himself a couple weeks later. And he said, well, I get to have some say. I don't get all to say, but I have some say. So I wonder if a conversation happened after the whole, if we don't like a play, I don't run it. Can we all agree we want Josh to have all to say? All the say. At this yep. point, turn him loose. All the say.
2: Give him the Pete man. Who else? The funny in part the, about it is he's not
3: NFL. When Jim was here, and Jim was the greatest quarterback to play for the Buffalo Bills, and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Elway couldn't beat him, who couldn't beat him. Uh, the guys that couldn't beat him, the list was long and ex- distinguished. Josh Allen is far more humble than Jim ever was. Yeah. Like, let him run the team. But that's my point. Like, if there was ever a guy that you would just give the
2: keys and go listen, yeah. you have a little bit of John Elway. It seems like you also have a little bit of Manning. It seems like you've also got a little bit of an understanding of what it takes to win. Yep, yep. And you've got a bigger heart than anything I've ever seen in my correct. entire life correct I, we, we call it calculated recklessness yes I like it I that's the guy that you yeah. turn this whole franchise over to and you say listen Brian Dable you sit there and be Adam Gase yeah. for uh in Denver you recommend go stuff. sit there and recommend things yes. stop coaching this because you're not good at it correct god see I feel like we've all gotten these things off, out into the ether they're off our chest I feel better Joe do you feel better I feel better yeah I feel better. It's going to be a good year. Guys, everyone does. <laughs> the year's this almost se- over, Chris. <laughs> this season might not be going as anyone planned, but at least we can all laugh. We can share a little bit of camaraderie, a little bit of booze amidst the struggle, and toast to what is hopefully a successful back half yeah. of the NFL season. Indeed. A postseason berth, and a finish to this one worthy of the sacrifices that have been made to see it. Mm. Happy holidays for us here at the Rock Powell Report. Enjoy it with those you love. And we'll be back here next week. Joe, where can people find your work? And where we'll can get to find it on social.
3: Good Lord. So you can find me on Twitter. Everybody. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired, And I have four shows. Don't ask me why I did that. It was a mistake. Uh, I have a Saturday 8 o'clock show live on YouTube, Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network called The Time to Shine, which is a prediction call-in show that Drew has talked about. Sunday is my primary. It's my baby. So the Overreaction Post Game Show, 9 o'clock, also on YouTube, drops as a pod on Monday. Monday is the Off Tackle with John Fina show, 9 o'clock live on YouTube, drops as a pod immediately. Immediately, and then Wednesday is the Humpty Hotline with Jay Spencer King. On Wednesdays at nine o'clock, it's a lot. It's a, it's too much. Jesus, my wife, my wife is mad at me. It's
2: Machine, <laughs> guys, it's too much. We got to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Joe Miller. Joe that's Miller. Chris Krueger. And this has been your Rockwell Report.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation.